0: Welcome everybody to Podcast of the Week 4, this week, the week after the release of The Avengers Infinity War. And, you know, we're talking about The Avengers Infinity War. It's made a billion dollars faster than any film has ever made a billion dollars. Full spoilers, naturally, every review in this Marvel film series has been a deep dive into the film. And this is no exception, so if you have somehow, if it's made a billion dollars, so I think everyone's seen the film at this stage, but if you've been meaning to see it and somehow have gone a week without seeing it, yeah, or two weeks? when's this film been out yeah a week yeah there you go math numbers dates it's all very complicated but yeah if you have not seen this film i would see this film before you listen to this review in fact i would track down and watch the other 17 marvel films and watch them before you go see this film and then listen to this review or you can just listen to our reviews of all of those other films because we reviewed all of them even that brief captain america review because i lost the audio but nonetheless barry as always is here to talk with me about the avengers infinity war Welcome back to Podcast of the Week, the biggest film in all of the world, probably all of the history of mankind, except Avatar, maybe, I don't know, is the Avengers Infinity War. Barry, we're talking about it. We're finally to the, the Avengers 3.
1: Ooh, bigger than Avatar, I wonder. Sorry, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. I'm wondering, I'm wondering. wondering. Uh, Avatar
0: is Avatar's just a weird film that just kept on going, despite the fact that, you know, what are we, like, seven years removed from Avatar and no one cares about Avatar?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. It's kind of, it exists in this weird space that maybe us folk, us young folk, we're all excited for our Marvels and our Star Warses, and we think in our little bubble that that's the biggest thing in the world, but there's just this other species of person who, the, the biggest thing in the world is James Cameron making a new movie to some people, you know what I mean?
0: Just, uh, just you wait until James Cameron directs The Avengers 5, and then. Oh,
1: my God.
0: <laughs> the Earth will just stand still.
1: No, my God. Yeah. There, there, there will be just. We will just all, as, a, as a one human race, be watching movies at that point. Yeah, I was actually just out of curiosity because of how massively successful Infinity War was in its first weekend. I did. And it, it blew away the opening weekend records, but I wanted to see. I wanted to remind myself what the overall, you know, top box office grosses were. Obviously I knew I know Star Wars failed to uh to topple Avatar, which I thought I thought it would. I again I undersold the Avatar phenomenon. I double checked it there and honestly, like I don't want to say it didn't come close because it did really well, it got two billion, obviously. But I forgot that Avatar got two point seven billion dollars. It's absurd. Uh,
0: it's an absurd amount. I just, I don't, like, looking back on it, it just doesn't make sense, does it? And I don't even, I don't even remember, I mean, I remember it being really big. I do remember that, but I, it's like, but again,
1: it's just, you know, how we measure what's really big is just kind of different these days, but I think, I feel like the furore around that movie was nothing compared to Star Wars and Infinity War. But I guess, you know, I guess, what, what's that tell you? It had a very long tail, obviously, and and I feel like your, your your average Joe cinema-goer cares more about James Cameron making a movie with cutting-edge technology than the culmination of a superhero story. But, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: I'm kind of fascinated um, to see how Avatar Two does because it's not up until 2020. Apparently, it's been delayed like four times already. Yeah,
1: it's like they keep delaying it, and then they keep adding more sequels to it. Like they're constantly saying it's going to be like a four or five part thing, and it's like, okay, first of all, if it had any brand cachet, does it still have that? Second of all, did anyone come out of it really, really wanting to see another one, even if they liked it? You know, I, I don't know. That's a whole other. That's a whole other series of podcasts, though.
0: God, yeah, remember when Sam Worthington was a thing?
1: I barely remember who that is.
0: He was the lead in Avatar, and then he he had a bunch of other things. It's like, oh, he's the next big thing. And then he also fell off the face of the Earth.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and also, that was, uh, like, like, Michelle Rodriguez was in that. God, who else was in that?
0: Allowing uh, us to pivot back to the Avengers Infinity War. Zoe Saldana was in it.
1: Was she? Oh, God, I do not remember a thing. I saw Avatar in the cinema, and I barely remember a, a, a thing about it.
0: In fairness, looking at the uh, amount of money it made, I think everybody saw Avatar in the cinema.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's
0: crazy. But a film, well, yeah, it's what uh, Avengers has been out less than a week as we speak. It's made seven hundred eighty-four billion million dollars already. It, as you said, it smashed the opening day re- or opening weekend records set by The Force Awakens, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, the Force Awakens set all those records, and it beat it by about ten million dollars or so. This is a big, mm-hmm. big, big, big movie. It's also it's also a very good movie.
1: <laughs> yes, it's a very, very good movie. So I'm I'm really curious what the uh, what the the lifespan of that's gonna be um, uh, with repeat viewings and stuff. So I have I have seen this film twice. So have I. Kind like of a big massive nerd. I went to a midnight screening of it, and then I liked it so much that I that I had nothing to do. That was the Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and then I had nothing to do that following Saturday, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see it again. And I liked it even more the second time. I think um, I I picked up on certain things. It is a fast-moving movie. Holy cow. There's a lot of stuff happening, and there's a lot of it happening at once, uh, uh, and it's it's really it's just all action, and I don't mean action in terms of fighting. I just mean action in terms of, well, some fighting, but also just plot moving it's just moving it just goes um and so naturally watching it at like 2 a.m i did not pick up on all of it but uh re-watching it i was like man that's a it's, a it's it's a densely packed three hours that's for sure
0: yeah this film is 149 minutes long it's two and a half hours it is the i think the fastest two and a half hour film i've ever seen Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah, and especially in this franchise, because this is a franchise, I mean, I'm sure we've talked about on this, you know, these Marvel movies, even the really great ones, they always have that half hour you just think you could you could probably trim. You could probably get it off there and, and, and you know, you know, especially your kind of more, you know, solid, but ultimately kind of mid-tier films, like, like Ant-Man, you're just like, yeah, you could have trimmed it. You could have trimmed it. This one, it's like it's, it's, it's you know, two hours, 40... And I, I feel like there's no wasted motion. I think I think the most impressive thing the film does, for all its wide sense of scope and its its massive, massive budget, I think the most impressive thing it does is pace itself to the degree that it doesn't feel like three hours. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and if anything, there's... There's kind of stuff that's like left out of this movie. If anything, they they they. It, one of my minor criticisms of the film is that there are certain things that the audience is just straight up told because they simply did not have time to squeeze it in mm-hmm. to this insanely densely packed movie.
0: I think the the biggest one of them is the location of the soul gem. It's just like she knows. we we, can, we don't really have time to explain why she knows, but she just knows. Yeah, and, and that bothered me not so
1: much within the context of. A criticism of this movie, but so much as, you know, how many, I mean, there's been two movies where Gamora has been a character and there's been several movies since she was first introduced as a character that you could have stuck her into a post credit scene
0: mm-hmm.
1: learning this. Like, like so I, I asked on, on Twitter, because I was trying to I legitimately could not remember, I was perfectly willing to be wrong on it, but I was like is that info established anywhere else in a film? And people told me no. And I'm like, Okay, specifically in Guardians Two's dozen post-credit scene, you could you could have had a little thing where you just one line of dialogue where she says, "I I have something to do, I have something to learn, I've I've a, a new adventure awaits." So so that they 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 forewent that. That's uh, you know, and that's that's a pretty blatant uh, example of of, of just uh, of telling rather than showing. Uh the other one, obviously, is yeah, the other one's more minor. It's it's the uh, the power stone. Hmm. You know, uh, uh, Thanos starts the movie with that, uh, and, and it is literally one throwaway line from Thor where he says that he uh, he, he devastated the Nova Corps. Yeah. Uh, remember
0: and, remember and, the big climactic scene of that first Guardians film?
1: All those yeah, people remember are the, dead. Remember the 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 entire premise of that movie, well, that well, he is one line saying he just undid all that, so that was great.
0: So yeah, you know,
1: it, it, this movie's got a lot of stuff going on. What are you gonna do, you know?
0: As far as we say that, like the the very first scene of this film is most of Asgard just being murdered. So
1: yeah, yeah, and that, that kind of leads us uh, uh, nicely into the other kind of major thing about this film, aside from its length and its and its pacing and all that, and that is that this is. Uh, unapologetically, the the culmination of a of a series, uh, and this is the first. I don't think there's any MCU film that you just definitively could not watch, but this is the first one where I would recommend people not watch it if they if they don't have at least a mild familiarity with the franchise. Because mm. someone says to me, "I've heard Winter Soldier is good. Do I need to see?" Captain America One or any of the other films to understand it, I'm probably saying no. I'm like, it's a great film. You'll get the premise early on. They'll they'll remind you, hey, Captain America is a, a frozen man from a hundred years ago, and and then and then you're off and running with the plot. Likewise, you know, do I need to see the previous six to understand Avengers One? No. Do I need to see Avengers One to understand Ultron? No. But this one, there are so many comments and and kind of a uh, Decisions made by characters and hell, even characters being introduced, that they are not explaining at all, that I'm like, this is this is for the people who've been following all along and it does not make any apologies for that. And I kinda like that. I I, I mean, we talked about how great the pacing is. How how brutal would it have been if they took time to re explain what Wakanda is. Mm. You know, uh, at that point in the film, that that's an example of one such thing. You know, when Captain America's like, "Well, I, I guess we got to go to Wakanda to fix this." They ain't explaining to you what Wakanda is or why that's a place you would need to go to in this circumstance. They're just going to assume you know, and and I, I applaud that. You know, I think I think a sequel with one prior film in the series should be allowed to do that. I think one with eighteen <laughs> should should absolutely be, be be allowed to do that. Uh, uh, so so I, I appreciated that. Uh, And it allowed allowed the movie to to take no prisoners with its uh, its pacing as a result.
0: Especially when you look at, like, Age of Ultron was a remarkably self-contained film. Yeah. Like, every part of that story was pretty much told within that story. And even in like the best scene in that film is them sitting around the the table bantering. And you could probably like view that as a reintroduction to all these characters. We're just going to sit down, have them banter, kind of introduce who they are and who their characters are. There's none of that in this film. As you said, it's just like Wakanda's in this film. We're going to Wakanda. It's a place with fancy technology. We're not going to tell you why. We're not going to explain it. It just is. Watch Black Panther if you want to know why.
1: Yeah, that's the funny thing as well about, about this movie making all the money it did. It's like Black Panther also made insane amounts of money and is still in the theaters in some places. That was so. Actually... If you don't know, so if you saw this and you don't know what Wakanda is, just go next door and and watch <laughs> that movie.
0: There was actually there was, uh, this the the opening weekend of uh, Infinity War was the first time two Marvel films have been in the top ten in the U.S. box office at the same time.
1: Yeah, Which... it's, 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 yeah. They're usually they're usually more paced out. Yeah.
0: And like, um, well, in fairness, Black Panther was released in February. You, you, like, you think it should be out of theaters by now, but people still really want to see it. I guess, yeah, it's
1: that's the uh, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I I don't know if even they expected it to still be there, but but it's a yeah, uh, yeah. It was a that was a home run of a movie, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was really great um, that they that they didn't feel that need to to, to pander and and, and over explain things um they 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 prioritize the right things in this film i feel
0: like yeah the only thing i can think of that they took the trouble to re-explain was what the infinity stones are uh
1: yes yeah yeah which I i think it's even the same characters didn't didn't wasn't it doctor strange didn't that film have an explanation of what they were or am i mistaken
0: uh i think it was one of the thor films
1: was it okay yeah they've definitely they've definitely they've definitely covered what those are before yeah um but even so that's that's what that is it's also very brief that's like again a, a 30 second explanation core premise of what we're doing here um uh but yeah uh did not did not dilly dally around It was the other thing as well as i was uh, when i when i rewatched it i forgot how quickly iron man meets doctor strange i was like oh yeah that's like he ha- he has like one conversation before that happens immediately you know mm-hmm.
0: and uh, pepper, uh, at least pepper pots gets to show up in that one conversation
1: yeah, she got that. She got that one combo. She's one of those. She's one of those twenty-five people getting a nice big check for this one.
0: Sure is. Um, uh, along
1: there with Chris Evans. I mean, I think. It, I think uh, in terms of like screen time and work put in versus how much they're getting paid, I think Chris Evans is, is the king in this one.
0: Yeah, poor poor Cap gets. I li- uh, suppose like we'll talk about this, but like I imagine he'll play a rather more central role in the second part of the story
1: yeah right so they i mean they filmed all they they filmed the next one it's it all it was all filmed in one quick uh uh you know it was filled in succession so i'm sure i'm sure I, I i imagine maybe there was chopping and changing of what's in this and what's in the next one and w- which bits go where and at what point do these characters come in and and on, in a film where pacing is so important i'm sure there were additional scenes that were taken out and and shuffled around and all that stuff but yeah and this one he's uh he gets his he gets his big comeback moment and he gets to do some cool Captain America things, but that's about it. He's not he's not really a, a central figure.
0: I will say uh, it, I, I love I love that comeback moment so much.
1: It's pretty great. It's pretty, pretty great. He's rocking his new his new look, which is way which is just way better than the than the, the silly outfit.
0: He's just he's standing behind that train looking like a man of mystery and then they they kick in the old school avengers theme and he just shows up and kicks some ass and I'm like I love this film I love it so much
1: Yeah, it's great. It's
0: great. Um Though you mentioned you mentioned chopping and changing, if you look at the trailers, there's a lot of shots from those trailers that aren't in this film.
1: Yeah, they're not in the film. There's a lot of voiceover that's not in there. Uh, There's a lot of uh, Hulk in there. Yeah, in, a, the uh, hero,
0: the hero shot of that trailer is everyone marching toward the alien forest, one of whom is Hulk. And Hulk is not in this film for very long. I wonder if I wonder if that's maybe so, uh, something that might
1: have gotten shuffled into either. I think he either it got shuffled into part two because I I feel like everyone in that shot. Oh wait, no, no, Black Panther's in that shot, isn't he? Hmm. Uh. Okay, well, maybe not. So, so I can So maybe that's not the case. But maybe, yeah, maybe that was done as a uh, uh, a a misdirect. A misdirect in the trailer, yeah, where they uh, uh, wanted you. They they didn't want to show their hand too much with the Hulk direction, you know. Mm. Um. Uh. So that's that's possible. Uh. Y- you know, the other thing is uh, a lot of the voiceover lines, a lot of the monologues. Um, not only are they not in the movie, but again, watching that trailer back, they all sound like things that could, that might be more apropos in the uh, in the next film.
0: Like not only um, are they not in the movie, one of those lines is by Nick Fury, who's not in the movie. He's in the post credit scene, but he's just not in the movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I'm wondering again how much of that is in yeah but the more I think about it the more i i do side more on the idea that they were just putting in there as a misdirect um yeah I forgot there's actually yeah there's no 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 sam jackson by the uh by the post credit scene mm. um so yeah i'm trying to think I mean, i'm trying to think where what else do you where else do you go uh uh talking about this film because there, there is so much happening one thing one thing I appreciated about it was that even though we've known all along that this is a that the Guardians of the Galaxy is a Disney property. It is a Marvel property. We've known they're going to cross over. It's not like any kind of revelation. Despite all that, I still think this felt like an occasion. Mm. To the degree of if, you know, uh, like, I don't know. Like, if, if 15 years ago they had, you know, Blade pop up in an X-Men movie. Like that would have popped you huge as a, as a as a as a pop culture occurrence. That would have been great. Uh, even even though it was all it was all a known quantity and it was all known, these were all these were all leading to the same point. It still felt like this cool occurrence, and I think part of that is just because Guardians was this unexpected overnight success. Like uh, th- that first film in particular, really felt like it just. It grew past this idea of it as this niche kind of weird comic book uh, uh, entity that people didn't really care about, and it got it got a following all of its own. So it did feel like it was this this series with its own identity crossing over into the Avengers world, which felt really cool.
0: And I loved how like the first scene introducing the Guardians felt like they literally just cut away to a Guardians of the Galaxy film.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. from
0: from, like visuals to music to like obviously character banter and then Thor shows up and it slowly shifts back towards being an Avengers film but yeah it's just like Mm. we're watching Guardians for a few minutes and then suddenly the Avengers show up
1: yeah yeah and, and, and they, they, they walk that balance really well, as they always tend to do in these movies, because they often have to balance things like, you know, seriousness and comedy and things like that. And that's something this film does really well. And also, yeah, walking the, the balance of the two tones of what we expect from the Avengers and the uh, the Guardians is, is
0: done really well. Mm, and it does help that, like, the Guardians have literally been segmented, except, like, they've interacted with Thanos, but they haven't interacted with any of the, like, Earth-based superheroes or even the Celestial-based, if you consider Thor Celestial-based but like they've been segmented off, so you get all those interactions, and all those interactions are new and fresh, as opposed to like Spider Man and Iron Man's relationship is important to this film, but we've seen plenty of Spider Man and Iron Man before.
1: Yeah, and we and we've seen plenty of Iron Man and everyone really. Mm. Um, uh, so 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 that's that's yeah the 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 choice of the various groupings was very well done in yep. this film, I thought um with with room for for more different switch-ups and perhaps one big group come together in this in the next film uh yeah it was it was really well done i I really liked the thor and rocket uh tandem that was that was uh very enjoyable
0: it was like one of those where you wouldn't be like going into this film it's like i can't wait for those thor and rocket raccoon interactions but then it's like those thor and rocket raccoon reactions were really good
1: <laughs> yeah they were they were really great. Um, uh, there was, I mean, other than I'm trying to think of characters who maybe didn't quite do a whole lot. Other than Captain America, I mean, Black Panther kind of. I think Wakanda it gets a lot of focus. I think you know Black Panther is kind of just the proxy for that. Mm. Um, uh, obviously you got lots of Spider Man. That was great. Uh,
0: like, I'd have, yeah. I'd to guess they were probably like filming Black Panther closest to when they when they were filming this, which is the reason there's yes, probably yeah. less Black Panther in there than there is, say, Iron Man or Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, so
1: I suppose I probably be best nice not to talk about Thanos. I was going to go to
0: Thanos next because I think ugh, it it feels tried to say oh it's like it's a good villain for once, but I don't I don't even think it's right to call Thanos a villain.
1: I think I still think it is. I okay. think I think
0: I I I am not into the,
1: to the 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 Thanos was was. I mean he he's a good. Type of villain in that he has justification that you can kind of wrap your head around and understand, mm. while still thinking of him as a crazy villain. I, I still, I still think, I still think, I still think of him that way. But I, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, I, I really had. I think we talked about it on this show. I, I had some pretty significant doubts about this film, and I think it was especially because, like, the trailer hit right around the time Justice League came out. And I was like, boy, do I not want to see another one of these?
0: Steppenwolf. These... wolf
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were fresh off Step Steppenwolf. I was like, I don't want to see another CGI piece of trash and a CGI army fighting some good guys to control the universe. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, those those fears were alleviated. And 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 what I what I did appreciate was that a lot of the a lot of time in this film, like a surprising amount was dedicated to fleshing out the Thanos character um, in a way that he is, whereas, as we mentioned, you know, they're not re-explaining any other characters. Every other character is just there being who they are. But the one character who is introduced and who is built up and who feels like they are the central character of the story, it is Thanos. You know, um, uh, we understand his origins, we understand his relationship to Gamora, we understand why he wants to do what he wants to do. We understand, you know, there's some kind of character nuance in that, you know, like there are some opportunities in the film where he like probably could have killed certain characters, but didn't for whatever reason. Like there's a there's a there's a lot going on there far
0: much,
1: far much more than the uh, the typical uh, uh, superhero villain, especially in the MCU.
0: The thing I really like about Thanos, and I picked up this a lot more the second time I saw the film. So it does suggest there is depth to the film. But that he he feels the burden of what he's doing you know he's not just mustache twirling he's not just a sinister evil person who wants to destroy half the world just because you know when he actually achieves his goal which uh, fair enough if you've listened this far and not realized we're spoiling this film I'm sorry but this film ends where Thanos succeeds he clicks his fingers and destroys half the universe and that he feels that burden there is a burden on him for doing that he understands that's a drastic and terrible thing to do but he feels it's necessary but what I really liked is like that he does feel that it's not just a thing he does and you know he's cackling and he's so happy at himself he's he's actually you know there there's you know the the line in the film what did it cost and he says everything which yeah there's there's depth there he's not just as i said evil mustache twirler
1: yeah absolutely and obviously the you know sacrificing uh gamora as well which mm-hmm. which um it was uh you know surprising um uh, and I and I really like that dynamic because uh, you know they I feel like they intentionally subverted the idea that he was a mustache twirling villain yep. because Gamora in that scene with the Soul Stone is convinced that his his plot has come to an end because of course he doesn't have anything to sacrifice to get the stone because he doesn't love anything because he's an evil monster uh but but she was wrong and and uh, she was kind of an audience proxy and i think everyone was wrong although on a rewatch especially i i did the thing i uh, the thing i did think about that scene was she is the only person on the face of this earth who doesn't yeah. know what's coming uh, in that scene um and even but, just like uh, that
0: it's very convenient that the moment he's there he happens to have the one thing he cares about there to sacrifice but i'll let it
1: go yeah <laughs> You let it go. You let it go. You know. Uh, also, speaking of that scene, uh, Red Skull. Red Skull. Uh, know. What a call! I mean, again, I mean, you, you have to. I I came out of this film, not to be hyperbolic. I think we've we've discussed the highs and the lows of the MCU in this series. I I think I came out of this film like less cynical in general about the MCU mm-hmm. than when I went in because when they when they pulled that out of the bag you know this deep if you know, pull it pull out this reference from this movie then honestly most people probably don't even really remember or think about yeah. and i having just rewatched it not that long ago with you for this show i completely forgot what even the red skull even did in that movie mm-hmm. um that was the deepest pool imaginable to the point to the point when he was on screen i was like Wait, is that a guy who looks like red skull or is that <laughs> is that red skull am i reading too much into this by thinking that's red skull uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was really impressive. Uh, and on the uh, on the subject of of the ending, I mean, obviously that is that is the big talking point. Uh, there's been a lot of you know empire comparisons and stuff like that. This is the this is the big uh, uh, dark uh, ending for the Avengers. You know, their their loss at the conclusion of a film. Uh, I do really want to talk about about just how we- how great that scene was. Yeah in terms of the, or not even, it's not even just kind of one scene, that the, the, pretty much the, the, the final, you know, sort of 10 minutes of the film, just, just as a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean, I think it's, it's so hard to like, you know, how do you illustrate what, what the gauntlet does in a non-ludicrous or kind of humorous fashion uh, or a campy fashion in a movie? And I like that they just hard cut to that scene Presumably, in Thanos's heads, you know, with Gamora uh, or Child Gamora, you know, I think that was such a perfect way to to uh, uh, like segue from the culmination of that battle, and then segue right back to to the battle scene, at which point you have all the uh, uh, the characters fading away, and the uh, the silence of that scene. The you know, they didn't have any dramatic music playing. Uh, they they really didn't, with the exception of Spider Man, they didn't like milk too many of those deaths. They they it it played as as sudden and uh, and and unexpected, and then and then they they got you with, right at the end. They got you with the real gut punch with Spider Man,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: which first of all I did not see coming. Uh, uh, and second of all it was just it was it was the perfect if you're going to try and like twist the knife at one of those characters i think that's the perfect dynamic to do it with because you have this this spider-man who's like so young and kind of feels like he's again not quite used to the world of the avengers and you know fighting for your life and fighting for the universe it was it was just so well done and that ending with the with the with thanos looking out over the horizon i mean god could you have could you have done it any better you know
0: the thing I, and you mentioned it, the thing I really like about that final scene is they don't overplay it. Like, yeah. You know, Black Panther fades into the dust and you don't see characters breaking down in tears or doing the, the Darth Vader no or the kneel in the sand up in the heavens, which a less nuanced film would have. They would have went hard and heavy there. But it's it's more shock and kind of melancholy than it is like sadness or grief and I think that's important because I don't think this film expects you to believe those characters are dead, you know? Yeah. I don't think the way that scene plays expects the audience to believe that Spider-Man is never coming back or that Star-Lord is never coming back, you know? Because I I think if they went into that scene thinking, oh, we really want want to twist the knife, we really got to drive it in, uh, the cynicism would have come out. It's like, of course Spider-Man's not dead. They have another Spider-Man film announced, you know? yeah, But... They just they play it so solemnly and so quietly and so simply. And as you said, the only one they go big for is Spider-Man. And I think that's more to reflect on what that death or well, quote unquote, that we'll see that what that death is meant to mean to Tony Stark, who starts this film saying, oh, I want to have a kid. And then the person to whom he's a father figure dies because, well, he couldn't save the world in front of him. That's the one you should go big on. But other than that, it's just there's, there's a quiet and a stillness. And as I said, there's just kind of a melancholy there, even down <laughs> to Thanos in the final scene, where he's just kind of sadly looking over the, the horizon, looking at the sunrise by himself. Oh, like, that's it's such a good gut punch in a way that could have been so badly executed. But it's it's a really good scene. It's really like ah, oh, it's a really good scene. Even it's just, there's no mid-credits scene. They go all the way through to Avengers Infinity War and then they just play a quiet kind of sad version of the Avengers theme. And it's just, even that just drives home the whole scene at the end of the film.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And and it's, uh, uh yeah, I mean, I mean, like I kind of, when I first came out of the film, it, like my reaction was a little muted because I was like, I was I was thinking, well, surely they, you know, those those characters are coming back. But then when I watched it the second time, I kind of really appreciated it. And I was like, well, I mean, like they probably will, but at the same time, this is still a hell of a of a story to tell mm-hmm. and a hell of a way to tell it, you know. Um, uh, and now they've they've raised the stakes even higher for uh, for the sequel. Um, yeah, it was it was it was it was cracking. Yeah, and, and I, I think it was such the right call to not have the uh, the mid credit scene. I think that would have been a a mistake. I, 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 <laughs> I think I worked myself into a shoot a little bit with the actual post-credit scene. Um, I should have known better, but for some reason, I was expecting like maybe some kind of tease of a of a of a new universe intersecting with uh, with the MCU. Mm. Like I, you know, naively, maybe bought into the the hype of of the possibility of you know maybe like an X Men thing or something like that. Like when he drops that beeper. I was expecting it to come up as an X, and then it came up with that logo. And uh, Which I um, assume,
0: like you, like like me, you probably Googled afterwards to find out what it was.
1: Uh, my 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 friends are bigger nerds than me, so uh. I just asked them. I goes, I was, who's that? <laughs> and they told me. Um, so yeah, so so that 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 one fell a little uh, little numb on me. But uh, you know, I'm not I'm not really a big post credit scene se- guy anyway. But um, yeah, so uh, and the and the interesting thing is. Uh, we have between this and Avengers four, we have two movies, mm-hmm. um, but neither of which are chronologically set after uh, Infinity War. They've they've confirmed that Ant Man and the Wasp is. Post Civil War, but pre Infinity War, right. and Captain and Captain Marvel is set in the nineties. So, uh, so there will literally be no advancement of this story until next summer. So you got to hold tight, everyone.
0: Well, um, we might get some in Captain Marvel because obviously, like the 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 end of the of uh, Infinity War is Nick Fury calling on Captain Marvel. So I assume they'll probably have something in there. At the very
1: least, in a post credit scene, you'd imagine, mm. right? um and i i yeah i i would expect both the post-credit scenes in those movies to ha- to be infinity War. like i would expect Atman man and the wasp uh post-credit scene is one if not both of those characters fading away i mean that would be or or at the or at the very least they jump forward a few months and he reacts to someone hmm. uh disappearing and then yeah captain marvel uh yeah, I, I would Im- I would imagine I'm curious actually, I wonder would that be post credits or I wonder do they do they just have that, that movie just straight up end with uh with her being alerted to something going wrong. Although that, that makes that movie then harder to stand up as a standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, maybe maybe they won't do that and then yeah, post credits, like she gets the message and that takes us into uh to uh Avengers Four, which actually that might be another kind of Black Panther type situation. I think that's March and May. So they'll probably both be in the cinema at the same time again. Uh, uh, so, so, 2019 probably going to be another good year for
0: Marvel, I would guess. I, for one, am interested to see how the Infinity War ending affects Agents of Shield, which is the only Marvel property that runs sequentially with the films because they they acknowledged Infinity War in last week's episode. So, is half the Agents of Shield cast just going to disappear this week?
1: Uh, I mean, that I would be more inclined to watch the show if there was a, if there was a dramatic change like that. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't get my hopes up just yet. Uh, yeah, so I, it's funny. The other thing as well is that we are we're waiting on uh, uh, an official title for Avengers Four,
0: mm. which I assume they withheld that because it'll reference in, what happened in Infinity War in some way. So, well, I'm interested to see what it is.
1: Yeah. Also, I think we. I mean, we discussed that kind of cynicism and that kind of idea of uh, uh, you know taking the ending seriously. After seeing this film, I was like 100% convinced. It's like okay. I think their official line is we want we want this film to feel uh, like its own thing. We don't we don't want people to think it's one five hour film split in half. But now after watching it, like, okay, they definitely did that. So people would bite a bit harder on the ending. Uh, I think I think you call it Infinity War part one and people leave the theater assuming. I mean, I, I mean, most people do, but I think people leave the theater like knowing that they're bringing the characters back. So that was probably a smart call. So yeah, who who knows what they'll call it? I'm sure it'll be all right. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we I'm sure we won't have too long to find that. I mean, God, it's out next year.
0: Yeah, I assume once the theatrical run ends, that's when they'll be like, boom, this is what it's called. Ah, uh, yeah, that would that would make sense. Which, looking at how long, how much money this may film makes, that probably won't be until like December, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, Christmas, we might get that name.
0: Uh... It is interesting, when you look at the people who are left after the ending, it is mostly the original Avengers cast. So I don't know, they're all yeah. dying they're all dying.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I yeah, I was actually talking about that with my friends who I saw it. That was interesting. Um Especially considering I mean people were just so convinced it was gonna be the end of Captain America and Iron Man.
0: And in fairness, if you watch the this. trailers, they lean into that, they're like, Oh, they're gonna die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so I think
1: I think it kind of makes sense that that there there could potentially be you know sacrifices for the for the for the the newer names, um, but also I mean this really I mean starting all the way back with Iron Man, this kind of has been a Tony Stark arc. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like the idea that the the older kind of tired heroes have to get the band back together one last time to try and save everything. You know specifically Captain America and. and uh, Iron Man, they reference their falling out, but they don't they don't they don't go into it in this film they don't interact so uh, all right, yeah they don't interact at all so um and also it it as you mentioned with the parallels with the beginning and the end of the film, but in general, it just so much of 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 these eighteen films have been about Tony Stark doing lots of things right, but also him making lots of mistakes and having to deal with his mistakes and dealing with the fallout of the Avengers, like that's so much of Iron Man, three is that, and then you have him you know. Uh, the fallout of civil war and it's like it, it makes sense that he he lives to see the fallout of the terrible thing that has happened as a result of his failure in this movie um, and of course the, well the real failure is, is, is Quill but he's gone now so
0: well yeah uh, that's uh, actually that, that. I think that's my least favorite part of this film the, what's the, that the bit where he snaps and just starts punching Thanos in the face and then Thanos makes his big baby face come well he'll come back I guess but uh, that's just like uh, that, that's the only time I was like Ugh. I I don't know I I
1: kind of liked it because it made sense, um, uh, yeah I don't know I like and I I, I like that scene I like that fight scene quite a bit. The fight scene's
0: great because that's that's the first time you just get like all the Avengers like combining their powers in neat ways.
1: Yeah, so so I I but I I you know I like that because it was I also like that they made Mantis seem kind of useful gave her something to do. I, um, mm. uh, but yeah you got to. Uh, you got, you know, you got, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have the, you gotta have the, the, the heroes, you know, dissent among themselves and, and let their hubris get the better of them, especially, you know, that's kind of, that's what Star Lord is, you know.
0: I suppose, I suppose, I do like this film is basically a film about sacrifice, like when it, there there's a through line through the film that Scarlet Witch is unwilling to sacrifice Vision. Uh, Loki is unwilling to sacrifice Thor. Star-Lord is very reluctant to sacrifice Gamora. Doctor Strange is unwilling to sacrifice Iron Man. But Thanos is the one that's willing to sacrifice the entire universe for what he considers his greater good. I like that as a through line.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Yeah, Doctor Strange actually... It seems, I mean, you know... Because originally he said he would sacrifice those two to protect the stone... Mm -hmm uh but would have pushed him to if he did not although obviously the uh the, the the key line of dialogue from the film from this film ultimately i feel is probably the when strange says he looks at the 14 million outcomes there's just one where they win yep. so uh i think i think it's pretty obvious the the he'll explain it and, and the music will swell and they'll realize they have a chance uh where where basically the you know the only way, you know, Thanos was going to get the Time Stone either way. So the only way that, they, that humanity could win is if Tony Stark was alive to, to lead the team to victory in part two. You know, <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I'd imagine. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to find out. I, you know what, after this, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to believe they could also do something completely different and go in some totally weird directions. And who knows what's, what's next uh, after this?
0: Because the most interesting thing for me is, like, Thanos, can he be the villain of the next film? Like he's he's destroyed half the universe. He's just gone off and sitting in his his house and his sunset. What what motivation does he have? I suppose if they're trying to undo what he did, he might come back and be like, "Stop it."
1: Yeah, I, I'd imagine. I'd imagine that's that's what the uh, the motivation would be.
0: Hmm. Uh, deaths. What deaths do you think? Well, we had Loki, Heimdall, and Gamora. Like in theory excluding all the people at the end who uh, one would assume the majority if not all of which will come back do you think those like earlier films deaths will stick I did like actually when Thor was moaning Loki's death he was like he's been dead before but I think this one is for real
1: Uh,
0: I think
1: they will have all the non-ending deaths stick
0: Hmm. Gamora I think Uh, well like Loki's run is course but Gamora is a big one yes
1: yeah yeah but I think I think there has to be a, I think there has to be a legacy from this film, other than mm. Loki. You know, there has to be a death of, of notes. Um,
0: Are you saying uh, Heimdall, which you, who you probably wouldn't have noticed was even in the last two Thor films, being killed?
1: Yeah, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that that probably won't cut it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I think they will stick to those two for for certain. Um,
0: Vision is a yeah, robot, I I, does this, so they could just bring him back in the morning. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, I think honestly, I think everyone else is coming back. I think I think even even you know even the more disposable characters like you know like like Vision and stuff like that. I'm like I think I think they're all coming. Back. Anyone who died in that final scene is coming back. I think their I think their goal is to use the time stone. This is the other funny thing as well. You want to talk about you know one thing that might slightly hurt the impact of that that. Big conclusion is that they do show the time stone being used to reverse a death, mm. literally seconds before they. The big conclusion, but what are you going to do? Ah, uh, yeah. So I, I, but, but honestly, I, I don't, th- I don't take any of those as concrete. For all, I wouldn't even be surprised if Loki was back.
0: You know, because mm. it has, uh, in fairness, they do like they do reference. Yeah, he's, there is. He's, yeah, he's been there's killed precedent. twice in this universe already. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's Infinity War. That's a good film.
1: It's a good movie.
0: There's, there's a lot in this film. But, it, like, the margin for error in this film with, the what, like, 40 characters or whatever and a plot that builds off 17 films and has to stand on its own and set up a sequel. This this is a very difficult film to make. And I think they came as close as humanly possible. What, uh, like, I could nitpick, I think the Wakanda fight scene is a little lame. It becomes like, oh, just shooting rockets at faceless aliens but that's a small part of the film i think they came as close as you can get to sticking the landing of a film this big
1: absolutely yeah it's it's an it's an impressive bit of work absolutely
0: oh actually did you spot the arrested development reference
1: uh no not until someone pointed it out online afterwards
0: because i saw it in the credits i saw you know arrested development uh used thanks to fox and I was like, I didn't see any Arrested Development reference, so I went looking for it the second time. It's it's pretty solid. It's very subtle, but it's pretty solid.
1: Yeah, is once, once it was pointed out, it was pretty cool.
0: And uh, our Stanley cameo is he's driving a bus.
1: Yes, driving a bus out of the way early.
0: Yep, very early. Yeah, I like that. A, a bunch of those like little side characters, like Wong and, and Spider Man's friend. You know, they got their little appearance in the film. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they were all in there. And we we only have to wait a year. That's not bad. Yeah, that's
1: you know as as, as long a wait as it will. That's not that's not as bad as some of the other uh, waits we had to endure.
0: Mm-hmm. So this is, I suppose it's not technically. Is it still Phase Three until the end of Avengers Four, or are we in like three point five?
1: I think they've called the next one the end of this phase. Right, because this is because also the end of Phase Three is then what they're calling you know the end question mark. I mean they've said they're making more movies, but mm-hmm. but you know. They haven't they have acknowledged, is it going to be phase four of this same universe or a new phase of a new thing? Mm. Uh, but yeah, So, so I, yeah, phase three continues to the next film, I'm pretty sure.
0: And that's still, that's why I think all of the original Avengers are going to die in the next film. But it's neither here nor there. Yeah,
1: is. it's all on the line. It's all on the line.
0: All right, before we go, Barry, plugs. Uh,
1: the usual plugs, twitter.com slash the Barry Ledge for updates on every little thing that's going on at youtube.com slash lad for playthroughs, of a number of things, including uh, A Way Out and some other stuff. So yeah, that's where I'm at.
0: That is the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and once again, thank you to Barry for coming on to talk about Infinity War. I'm sure we will be back to talk about uh, The Ant-Man and The Wasp, which is another film coming up. Next week, I don't know, it'll either be Top 5 Final Fantasies or Lord of the Rings the Two Towers. Depends on my mood and whether I'll upload it, which is always a question. But you can listen to new episodes of Podcasts a Week every single week at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK or by searching for TWS Network on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at or G-A-R-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye.